0: Good evening everyone and welcome. Tonight's class is, t- is titled, It's Exceedingly Close, Part 2. And tonight we're going to talk about laziness. I know none of you are familiar. I'll talk from a little experience. We'll talk about some methods of overcoming laziness. Um, I'd like to begin with three items. The, we learn in the Torah, Mayim Ginovem Yimtaku. We learn that the sweetest delicacies are... Stolen. So you, stolen water is always sweeter than water you buy in a store. It has a sweeter taste. In other words, something that is connected with negativity oftentimes is. You ever went to a, sit down with people and all of a sudden, for whatever reason, everyone's negative. You know what they say? It's like when was the last time you came off a plane and you tweeted? I had an amazing experience on the plane. Or you that's not if you have a good experience that's boring. Ah, if United broke your guitar, <coughs> now that is big news. But if they got it there safely, so uh, like, like why am I wasting my time? Negativity has something something gishmak about it, something exciting about it. Mayim ginuvim taku Stolen water is always, sweeter, is always sweeter than, you know, properly boiled water. Reb Shmuel Munkis, a disciple of the Alter Rebbe, the first Chabad Rebbe, Reb Shner Zalman, the author of the Tanya, of course, he was at a gathering, and the Rebbe's wife had made this wonderful delicacy. And the entire synagogue was up in arms about this amazing delicacy. And all of a sudden, he grabs it, and he starts Prouncing around, dancing with it And throws it in the trash can Now this is like You know, first of all To take your own wife's food in the trash can Is one thing <laughs> but, but the uh, Rebbe's wife's food And throw it in the trash can I mean, the, the Hasidim, they pounced on him And uh, All of a sudden The butcher runs in and says Stop, stop, don't eat that meat It's not kosher it's not kosher Mistakenly i got gotten mixed up And the wrong meat came here yeah. So now all of a sudden Again the Hasidim start to beat him Why do they start beating him this time? They say, oh So you're a, now you think you're a prophet <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> But They came to him and they said How did you know? Like what happened here? Why did he throw out the meat? And he says Good evening and welcome oh, Thank you Good evening You could choose any place. They they said, how how did you know that the meat was not kosher? And he says, there was so much passion to eat this meat, so much excitement that had to be not kosher. Kosher meat, you wouldn't be too excited about. Mm. And perhaps this will explain to us a famous question, a famous question beginning on the first day Of man's creation The day man was created on Friday Man was created Around noon Twelve o'clock Let's say Shabbos came in then Six o'clock Six p.m. Shabbos comes in So from noon to Shabbos is six hours I'm talking 5,778 years ago Man was created When he was created So a whole within that time a lot happened Hashem called all the animals and every single animal passed by Adam and he gave them their name V'karu he gave each animal their name then he realized all the animals have partners and I have no partner so Hashem now created took from Adam Arishun and created his wife Chava and then around 3 o'clock Hashem commands Adam and so it's now 3 hours later around 3 o'clock Hashem commands Adam HaRishon and says I want you to know there's an amazing world out there this is the most delightful garden you'll find in the whole world Gan Eden the Garden of Eden there's fruits for you and I have one simple task my one simple task I'm going to ask you is I don't want you to eat the tree from the tree in the middle of the garden for 3 hours something very unknown the whole command was until Shabbat began until until Shabbos begins it's now 3 p.m. Hold yourself for three hours. Now, are you hungry? No, no problem, there's a massive garden here. Eat to your heart's content. Just don't eat from the tree in the middle of the garden. On top of that, Adam was living in, in, a, in the ultimate time period. If Adam is gonna contain himself for three hours, there will now be no pain forever. We will forever live in a time of the Mashiach. The sin of the eating from the tree of knowledge brought on the whole history of our exile and pain and suffering. Meaning, if you don't eat from that tree, Adam, there will be no suffering for the next 5,778 years. That's like amazing. He couldn't contain himself. Is that a good question see? Sure. <laughs> not sure. You're not so convinced it's a good question. Why is it not? A, well, now you're actually you're making me curious. Why would it not be? I think it's an amazing question.
2: He, he couldn't he couldn't visualize I mean he couldn't visualize what the future would be. I
0: mean, yeah, but the question is he had no was, training. He had no parents. He had a uh, Adam Harishain was a. Created from the palm of Hashem's hand And he was created like as, with the knowledge <clears throat> He was created with the Not knowledge Because if I say the knowledge of a 20 year old You'll say that's the answer But he, he was created um, With the body of a 20 year old He wasn't created as a baby He wasn't crawling around He was created a healthy man but He had, he had no divine experience. providence And he had no experience I'm not going to argue with you I agree, I agree He was an inexperienced man but how, how could it happen? And we learn something amazing. We learn how e- parallel to good is bad. The greater the good, the greater the bad against that. For example, for example, over the last over the last 100, 200 years, a new sickness has come into our lives that unfortunately has taken the lives of many people and today, still today we don't have real cures. And in Yiddish, we don't even want to say the word of this sickness. We call it Yenemachala. Yenemachala. Does, are you familiar with what I'm referring mm-hmm. to? Yeah. So let me Let me say, the, I don't like, we don't like to, but the word, well, we're talking about cancer. Yeah. It's such a sickness that we don't even want to go ahead and, and pronounce it. It's a sickness, unfortunately, today that we really don't have the, the full cure to it. It's a really, God should save us all and everyone from such a sickness. But it's a sickness that has only really come to the fore recent, in more recent times. Why is that? Now, I'm sure there is a, 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 there's a reason that the medical field tells us. But nonetheless, I want to tell you what the Kabbalists teach us, why it's coming in our times. Fascinating insight. Around three, four hundred years ago, there was all of a sudden an, a new addition in Torah. Now, addition is truly, in a way, heretical statement because you can never add to the Torah. But what happened over the last four hundred years is there's an area of Torah which was for the first time revealed Kabbalah was always here. Hasidus was always here. But it was always only allowed that the few and, and uh, special, the, the few and we'll call them elite were allowed to learn Kabbalah. allowed to learn Hasidus. Around 400 years ago, the Arizal came and said, now it's time for everyone to learn it. So all of a sudden, there was now this new insight in Torah. And around the same time, with this new special energy that came to the world, there also came a new energy opposite in the medical field, which was a sickness that actually adds to a person. Generally, sickness is removed from a person. This sickness actually, unfortunately, adds. So, the, so again, in the Torah world, God brought now a new energy that was revealed in the world. But on the flip side, there's also this negative energy that came. In everything that's good, we always have the flip side. We always have the bad in our current world. Let's bring this back. Adam HaRishon, which, which to just focus on this thought for a moment, this will explain to us at times when, why it is that, that people that are, are on such a high path, unfortunately they still could sin. Why? Because the greater a person, the greater the evil is trying to fight him. The simpler a person, well, there's not so much money, the, the evil is not going to get so much out of him, but if he's able to get from someone on a higher level, so again, parallel to the good, there's always the parallel negative. Let's bring it back to Adam Harishon. Adam Harishon had in these three hours, he had the ability to breathe, to keep peace and harmony and good in the world forever. But now just think. Could you imagine the parallel negative energy that was going through him? Mm -hmm. We all know that we've had those times where the negative was getting us and there was nothing we could do. We learned that the energy Adhemarishwant had at that moment, he had the good inclination for the next 6,000 years. Imagine Mm -hmm. all of our good inclinations, but imagine at the same time he also had The negative inclination of all of us compounding him in these three hours. Does that make sense, Basha? Mm -hmm. So the good was tremendous, but also the negative was tremendous. And that is how the sin happened. It was still a big sin. And he still should have held himself back. But at least now we have a glimpse how it could have happened that in these three hours, this whole story transpired. Let's bring it back to ourselves. Everything good, unfortunately, has negative energy trying to get it. There's negative energy trying to get it. And what we're going to discuss right now, we're going to go inside, is we're going to see that the entire day, the, Yeter, the, the evil inclination is saying, Mark, just stay in your bed. What are you getting up for? Rafi, don't give tzedakah. Keep your money for yourself. Gershon, don't waste your time learning Torah Go to work and do business What are you wasting time what, what are you doing? There's so much we, there's so much we could tell ourselves Not, There's so much the evil inclination can and does tell us We all know I don't have to tell you what your evil inclination is saying I, I, Probably you know on your own I, I may have some thoughts but, <laughs> but I would imagine We all know, we all know Let's see it. in. So now we're going to learn. First we're going to discuss what the evil inclination tells us and then we'll tell us how to get out of it. Page 108. We're in the middle of chapter 25. Do you mind sharing? Please. Again, page 108. Chapter 25, right-hand column. Likewise, in the category of doing good, last week we discussed how you overpower, how you make sure not to transgress a sin. Now we're going to talk about how you make sure to do the positive commandments. Likewise, in the category of doing good, to bestir oneself like a lion with might and stout-heartedness against the evil nature which weighs down his body. The evil nature is coming and is holding you down. It makes you move slowly. Where is this negativity coming from. If you remember in chapter 1, let's take a little history in time, in chapter 1 we discussed that there are four elements that created the world and similarly the same four elements created the spiritual world. Fire, water, earth, and air. Which one of these four elements in a person creates that melancholy, that slow? Movement, the earth, as we're going to continue clearly. If this all comes from the so-called element of earth in the animal soul, because we have the makeup of our godly soul, we have the makeup of our animal soul, where does this negative energy come from, this slowness, this weighing your body down? It comes from the attribute of earth Not the attribute, sorry. The element of earth in your animal soul. And this element of earth is restraining you from zealously exerting his body with all kinds of effort and perseverance. You naturally, your godly soul wants to fight. Your godly soul wants to connect with God and comes your animal soul and says, Hey, relax. In the service of God, entailing effort and toil. We know learning Torahs and to, to be an observant an, a Jew that connects with Hashem takes hard work, entailing effort and toil. For example, let's give some examples. We're going to give three examples. Could you call out what are the three pillars of the world? Not good.
2: good.
0: Torah. Torah. We learn in Pirkei Avot two different uh, understandings, but we learn once in Pirkei Avot that the world stands on three legs. Torah. The study of Torah. Avoda. Prayer and Gemilot chasadim and Kindness. The world stands on three pillars. Torah, the study of Torah, avoda, Prayer and Gemilot chasadim and Acts of Kindness. And we're now going to show you how in all of these three areas it's easy to convince yourself out of it. And you need to exert toil and energy to follow through. Such as, let's continue, the first step in the study of Torah. Such as laboring in the Torah with deep concentration. Torah study takes, you can't just read it. You can't read. You have to learn. As well as orally. Another item that's hard is when we study Torah, we're told that we shouldn't um, read the Torah with our eyes we're supposed to actually pronounce the word which again is something that for many you'll go to yeshiva you'll see many people it's very hard for them to pronounce the words out loud it's, it takes energy so that his mouth shall not cease from study to quote the rabbi of blessed memory they are reinforcing this idea the study of torah is not simple one should always submit to the words of the Torah like the ox to the yoke and the donkey to the load. Meaning that just like an ox doesn't have a method out of it. You put a yoke on it and that's it. The same thing is, study of Torah, it's not simple. Let's not, let's not say, oh, it's, it's not so simple. Nonetheless, pretend you're an animal, there's a yoke on you and you've got to do what you're told. This is a command from God, we've got to Listen. So again, the rabbis are reinforcing in the Talmud that study of Torah is not so simple, and it takes energy. So too, in relation to Avodah, the second pillar, to devout prayer. And prayer, how should prayer truly be with the utmost intention? That's hard. That is very hard. The whole world today, the whole world today is focusing on, the word is slipping my mind now, it's focusing on mindfulness.
3: Not
0: mindfulness, what's mindfulness? Mindfulness means staying present. Mindfulness means being able to really connect with what's going around. What, what are you living in right now? It's a big challenge. Prayer, true prayer, means that we're talking to God and we're really thinking about what we're saying. We're not reading the prayer book, we're living the prayer book, living letters. That's hard, that is hard. It's hard to really focus. Today we're blessed with phones which allow us to not remain, they say, oh, there's no need to focus. You have time, check Facebook. You have more time, check the news. But don't try and just think. Don't try and just... That's a little scary. Raffi, are you with me? It's hard. That's the bottom line. The bottom line is very hard to remain focused. And unfortunately, we learned that the attention span is getting shorter and shorter. How short could it get? It's getting... So let's bring it back. Study of Torah is hard. True prayer is hard. What's the third item? (laughs) G'milus Hasadim. Likewise, with regard to serving God in money matters. What's an example of money? money matters? Such as a duty of charity and the like. Duties which involve coming to grips with the evil nature seeking means of deception to dissuade the person from giving away his money. And physical health. Yeah, physical health. To help someone else. It may be easier for you to just be sleeping at night. But maybe someone is in dire need, and you need to stay up and help them. Maybe that's what's necessary. Maybe what's necessary is to help schlep boxes for someone into their house, because whatever, whatever it is, sometimes it takes your energy. So these are easy, easy items for the evil inclination to come and say, your money, where are you going to buy food for tomorrow? Now, I'm not talking about it. if you don't have money for food, then the Torah itself tells you that... You shouldn't be giving away too much to talk or give a penny or two. But the evil inclination could always find things. So, to wrap it up, study of Torah, prayer, and acts of kindness, they all are hard. They're truly hard. Okay, let's continue. So it is very easy... Sorry, before we get here, let's put it together and take again questions. To truly serve God is hard, bottom line. Positive. So, any questions, Basha?
3: I did have one, and, and please go over it. I if, mean, if, if it's too much, uh, it says up here that um, the evil nature weighs down the body. Um, so, I, I think I might be understanding it that there's the body and there's this, the spirit, the soul. And so, when something... I don't even know what I'm trying to say now. When the conflict... The conflict is with our body, not our soul. Is that... Do I have that right? And you were saying that good and evil are parallel, which means they never intersect. I'm listening. They never touch. So, if... um, If the evil is weighing down our body, then... That's what what's happening. Oh, if we're having a conflict about whether to do something, say say uh, you were talking about the evil inclination keeping us from doing something that we should do. Like Torah study or something. Yeah, yeah. So when we don't do it, is that because is the evil inclination attacking our body rather than our soul? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Why doesn't it say soul here? Body and soul or soul. Yeah.
0: I understand the question. The question is, why does it say the evil inclination is weighing down your body? It should seemingly say the evil inclination is weighing down your soul. Is that the question? What
3: well, does it mean? the soul also being weighed
1: down? Yeah. I keep reading the sentence. It talks about the earth, and the animal soul. Keep reading.
3: It only affects your animal soul. Is that what they mean by that? It, we, it weighs
1: down your body by pouring earth on your animal soul. That's kind of what it says.
3: But that's
1: still the animal soul, not the godly soul. Well, the
0: animal soul. So yeah. we're talking here.
1: Yeah.
0: No, no. I I want to kind of add to what C is saying. We're talking here. Let, let's review for a moment. There is a body and two souls. There's a godly soul and an animal soul and a body. And the two souls are fighting over one body as we gave the example of two kings fighting over one city. Mm. Mm. So the body is the middle is the middle man here. So the animalistic soul is trying to slow down the body. And now the godly soul has to come and has to come and overpower that. Mm. Okay.
2: Mm. So when you put... Earth on the animal soul <clears throat> that gives it more power over the body. The,
0: the animal soul has earth. It has all four elements. Oh. When the attribute of earth is active in the body it's going to slow down the body. And what does that mean? Meaning if meaning everyone has a godly soul and everyone has an animal soul someone that is full of life and full of energy what that means is that the attribute of of earth from the animalistic soul is concealed and not really active someone that is lacking energy and drive and and perhaps going through a very a very tough Time and spirit, mm-hmm. then for them, the attribute of earth from the animalistic soul is very overpowering.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Are there any other questions? But, but yes. It's, it's overpowering in response to
3: their behavior, or I, I don't understand. Like, if someone is like the word that you said before, like the, that illness. Yeah. Like this, is that the same thing? Like the attribute of earth is overpowering your body? Or is this a different, is a different. No,
0: so illness doesn't come from your souls. Illness is a... That's
3: a this is more just about like not having energy to go and do mitzvahs. We're
0: talking about mm-hmm. uh, a mental yeah. question. Okay. And we're not talking about um, a true mental illness. If someone is having a true mental illness, God forbid... So that would, that would often be something that we need, we need medical help for. What we're talking about here is that they're, thank God, healthy. But the animalistic soul is, telling, is, is really starting to bring on depression. In other words, something that they're in control of. Again, I, I want to be clear that I'm talking about a, a case where it's not out of their control. If it's out of their control... Then, then that's not our conversation right now. Did that answer the question? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so. Good evening, Isha. Good evening, David. So, to be a Jew is tough. That's what we, that's what we said so far, but don't let the animalistic soul pull you down. Because here is, here is the clincher. How do you get out of it? Same like we learned last week. If you would give up your soul, if you would die for God, and we know that every Jew ha- would be willing to do that, if you would be willing to give up your life, you're giving up your life not to separate from God. How much more so should you be willing to give up on a little, on a little negative energy to connect with God Forever. If you'd be willing to give up your soul You'd be willing to die not to separate from God How much more so you should be willing To, to overpower a little negative energy To connect with God forever And going back to the example of marriage You know Because that's, we can't get away from that example We are We always talk about our relationship with Hashem Is like a husband and wife So there's two steps to a marriage. I mean, there's many steps to marriage, but in in this current conversation, I just want to share two items. Item number one is, you don't want to do anything your spouse doesn't like. That's the first item. I think that's the item that everyone knows. The second item, which is often harder, is to do what they do like. We know often what not to do, but we don't know what to do. I think this is something that Rabbi Manus Friedman often says. Like everyone knows what not to do, but we don't know what we should do. And not not only that, but oftentimes, and I see this with my own kid. I'm realizing I'm not on top of it. I'm quick to discipline, but I'm not so quick to try and connect with them. You know, after when they come home from school, I have a lot on my mind. We all have a lot, of, and I'm like, do am I? The moment I see them doing something wrong, I'll I'll tell them. I'll tell hey, but am I focusing to connect with them? Are we paying attention to make that connection? So bringing it back here, to not sin is one thing. But are we actively trying to connect with Hashem? Are we actively trying to become one with Hashem? So we need to use our brain. That's what we're learning now. Let's use our brain. Let's use our thinking. Let's use our thinking head. We would give up our life not to disconnect from Hashem. How much more so we should give up on a little negative energy to connect with Hashem forever. Why forever? Let's remember what we said last time. In heaven, even a temporary thing is permanent. Because Hashem is infinite. So what we do temporarily in heaven is infinite. As I said last week, I I can't explain that to you. But I could tell you. Last week we learned in the negative that unfortunately a sin for a moment is forever. But let's look at the opposite. One mitzvah is forever. And as we said last week, this is the whole foundation of of one of the major items of Chabad that I don't care what you'll do tomorrow, but put on tefillin now. Don't worry what you'll do tomorrow. I don't care if tomorrow you're going to eat kosher or non-kosher, but eat kosher now. We discussed this last week.
4: Yes, David. It seems that I have gleaned from Natanya and from other works, but while you are here, you have a chance to change the course. When you are in heaven, you have no chance. That's it. It's set. Yeah. That is eternal. So... How important, then, to establish the record, to correct the record, to supplement the record. Because once you're done, you're done. And you exist within the context of uh, the realm of Hashem and uh, eternity. And uh, there has been speculation as to what will happen when the Moshiach comes. I don't think i'm going to be there and i would make one other observation which i can't help under the circumstances i have to say that my relationship with hashem was vastly better and more fulfilling than the relationship in my uh connubial bliss
0: so how do we get out of this how do we get out of this how do we overpower this Melancholy. it is very easy for a person bottom of page 108 six lines from the bottom it is very easy for a person to restrain and subjugate his nature when he considers deeply that to conquer his nature and all the above and more and even to do the very opposite that means is by far next page less painful than the pangs of death may God preserve us for someone to study Torah is by far easier, God forbid, than death. For someone to have to focus in prayer is by far easier than God forbid death. For someone to give charity is by far easier than God forbid death. Yet he would have accepted the pains of death, Preserve us, God, lovingly and willingly, only not to be parted from his unity and one is blessed be he even for a moment by an act of idolatry, God forbid. We would heaven preserve us have accepted the pangs of death not to be separated from God for even a moment all the more lovingly and willingly must he accept upon himself listen to these words powerful to cleave to him we're cleaving to God forever for by fulfilling his will blessed be he by means of such service there will be revealed in it, incredible, listen to this, the innermost will of the Supreme One, okay, so every time you do a mitzvah, the innermost will, we don't even know what our innermost will is, it is something we can't even connect to, but when I do a mitzvah, I can connect to the innermost will of God, and I'm not only connecting to it in a a concealed way, in a manner of countenance, God is smiling to us and He's giving us His deepest treasure every time we do any mitzvah. And grave revelation, God is revealing Himself without without any covering whatsoever. Ah. Every time we do a mitzvah, Hashem is revealing Himself without any covering. And when there is no hiding of the countenance of the supernal will, there is no separation whatsoever and nothing can have a separate and independent existence of its own. You remember we discussed that everything is God, but we said sometimes there's a separation. We don't, and it looks like we're separate. Well, now Hashem is revealing Himself to us in this incredible way, in the most loving way, in the most in the most deepest way. So that means that we have the ultimate unity with God without any separation. Every time we do a mitzvah, Hashem is revealing Himself to us in the deepest way. Thus, His soul, both the divine and animalistic soul that gives Him life, together with their garments, will be united in a perfect unity with the supernal will and the light of the Ein, so blessed is He, as has been explained above. When we do a mitzvah, this, is, this paragraph is unbelievable. Every mitzvah you do connects you to Hashem forever. and But the connection is not just being connected to Hashem. You're being connected to the deepest levels of Hashem. And not only are you being connected to the deepest levels of Hashem forever, you're being connected to the deepest levels of Hashem forever in a loving and revealed way. with the perfect unity, and as we've discussed before, in this world there is no perfect unity. Perfect unity means that we're connecting with Hashem in an unprecedented way, it's it's in a way that we can't even imagine. This is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. We, through every mitzvah we do, if you're being nice to someone, if you're helping someone in the store, if you're lighting Shabbos candles, you're praying. Right? Hashem gave us so many mitzvahs. We, and people complain we have so many mitzvahs, but we're so privileged. Hashem has made everything a mitzvah. Everything is a mitzvah. What's not a mitzvah? You wake up in the morning to serve Hashem. Check, you've done a mitzvah. You go to sleep to serve Hashem. You're going to sleep. You've done a mitzvah. You're eating to serve Hashem. You've done a mitzvah. Everything is a mitzvah. wait. But saying? but aren't
3: some of those things like just
2: so you can just I mean, if you do
0: it in order to serve Hashem, then you're connecting with Hashem through it. You could go to sleep because you're tired.
2: intention.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what does it mean to connect? Are you talking about intention? Do you have to be conscious of it? Or it just happens automatically when you do no, the mitzvah? No.
0: If oh it dep- it depends what type of mitzvah you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but ge- but generally if you're, we're talking about one of the commandments, mm-hmm. just doing the commandments itself connects you with Hashem. Mm-hmm. Yes, Okay. I've been
2: thinking about this concept of your you're faced with committing idolatry or die mm-hmm. to sanctify mm-hmm. Hashem's name, and of course, you'll do that. Mm-hmm. And then, but then the question asks, why is it so difficult to just do a simple mitzvah? Yeah. Um, maybe it's because it's like, it's like right before your eyes. You're, I'm going to see Hashem. I'm. You don't even think. It's on your soul is just imagining this is it. I have to react. I'm going to be in front of a shame within seconds. But you can't imagine that when you're, you say you're going to shul in the morning and maybe you don't have enough focus in prayer because you don't have that level of awareness that you might have. Does that
0: make sense? Yeah, no. It makes a lot of sense. Gershon is making an observation that. You know, when we talk about death, it's, it's, it's scary. Like it's a whole new... And we're going to be connecting with Hashem all of a sudden. So you kind of take things into account. And, and, and you want to
2: be on your best, best behavior no, no. type thing. Yeah.
0: Uh, we're not... Agreed, agreed. Um, but the observation we're trying to make here is that we, ha- we have to have that same thought every single sin and mitzvah we do. Well, what we're trying, what we're trying to focus on the Tanya is to say that we, in in our mind, we talk foolishly. You, you know, we, previously we discussed the, the uh, foolishness, and the foolishness is that we say, "Oh, if I'm going to die, all of a sudden I'll go to Hashem." I'm gonna, now I have to be worried. That that's foolishness. The foolishness is that you're already in trouble if you do it now. It's not on the on the contrary or on the other hand the foolishness is that if you do a mitzvah now you're going to connect with Hashem like never before so gershon exactly your point is what we're calling is what we're referring to and saying that that this is a foolish mistake people make they say that all of a sudden ah oh, this sin is a terrible sin It will disconnect me from God Or, I'm, you know, I'm about to die But really we have to recognize That every single mitzvah we do Connects us to Hashem In a perfect unity forever In the greatest revealed way And unfortunately Every sin we do Separates us from Hashem In a tremendous way Does that make sense Gershon?
2: No, I understand that I'm, I, I'm just I'm, I'm agreeing with your observation I'm just though I'm observing Yes Maybe that's how Correct. You have that influence
1: Absolutely so so I understand that, but I'm not sure I believe it. In other words, for every mitzvah that I perform, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily feel this deep connection with the innermost will of Hashem. I'm hoping that when I pass on and I'm in His presence, that it's going to be a much better feeling than when I choose to eat kosher, right? In other words, I'm not getting... That, that innermost connection through my daily mitzvot that I'm anticipating I'll feel after.
0: I agree with you 100%. In this world, that is the darkness of this world. In this world, we don't feel that connection. And what we're going to actually learn in the next chapter is we don't feel it for good reason. Because if we would feel it, then we would not have free choice anymore. Imagine I tell you every time you do a mitzvah, I'm going to give you the greatest reward, and you actually receive it on the spot. So okay, I, oh. eat, I just we just lost the whole free choice. Doesn't it say? So I can't remember the
2: I mean, in the morning. I can't remember what section in the Sidor in the morning you kind of describe what rewards are. In the yeah, next, yeah. In the next world. Yeah. Well, most of the rewards are. In the next world. Right. Fact, we don't get them. In this
0: current world we're living, and that's right, we don't see the immediate good of what we're doing. But what we're learning in Tanya is the truth. We may not see it. We may not get it on the spot. But it's happening. It's kind of... That sounds like trying to make
2: get, your, get a reward for everything you're doing. And isn't it...
1: Um, better to do a mitzvah to do the mitzvah? Agreed. The reward of a life well-lived is a life well-lived. Right. Not. Right. I mean, I, the reward
2: is wonderful. Yes. And connecting to Hashem is wonderful, and you don't feel it all the time. Mm-hmm. But it strengthens your your, your soul also. To do mitzvahs I think And to, to, to be stronger than that
0: animal soul. Mitzvah, what does mitzvah mean? What does the word mitzvah mean?
3: Obligation
0: So mitzvah could come from the word Sav an obligation But it could also come from the word Savsa To connect So a mitzvah in essence Is connecting us to Hashem If you do a mitzvah For a, re- a physical reward That is Something that ultimately we say that's not that's not true service of God. But if a servant is serving his master to connect with his master, that's beautiful.
3: Mm.
0: If you we are doing a mitzvah not for the reward of the mitzvah, not for the pleasure of the connection, we're doing it to connect with Hashem alone. Yes. That is that is deep.
4: Right. That is deep. The Mishnah specifically says perform the mitzvah without thought about the reward you correct. don't know you won't find out till you get there
0: correct which this actually now we will, we'll understand what the Mishnah says sachar Mitzvah Mitzvah the Mishnah says the reward of a Mitzvah is a Mitzvah so generally speaking the understanding is the reward of doing one Mitzvah is Hashem gives you another Mitzvah but I'm going to share with you a truly deep understanding sachar Mitzvah because remember Mitzvah has two meanings Mitzvah could mean a command and mitzvah to, could mean to connect so let's use both of those understandings and now translate it Sachar mitzvah the reward for doing a command of God is mitzvah, connection with Hashem Sachar mitzvah, the reward for doing a command of God is to connect with Hashem okay right, let's wrap it up and we'll take final questions we started off saying that in the positive, no matter what's going to happen, we have a method to overpower. Because in Torah and the three pillars that the world stands in the study of Torah in prayer and in doing acts of kindness, there's, they are hard. It is hard to truly study Torah. As the Talmud says, someone should study Torah like An ox with his yoke on him. It is hard to truly focus in prayer and it is hard to give up your money. So how could you do this? You should tell yourself, if I'm willing to give up my life, not to separate from Hashem, how much more so should I be willing to do something much easier to connect with Hashem forever and to be connected to the deepest level of Hashem in a deep way? Are there any questions? Okay, have a a wonderful night, everyone. Thank Thank you.
1: Thank you.